I'm Dirty Deeds. And I'm Nature Nate. And we're getting, getting trash. Getting trash. It's the environmental podcast that never uses the word environmental. But that's the only time. 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 Hey, Dirty Deeds. Hey, Nature Nate. Do we have a podcast? <laughs> I mean, somebody's listening to it right now. I think we should talk about some stuff. A lot's happened in... A season. A season. Since our last episode on July 24th, 2018. Wow. I know. It's suddenly... December. This is the fall season. This okay. is the fall, the fall episode. I mean, hey, it's 32 degrees here. Slash... 84 for With all With an those. AQI of 150. The AQI has been high for the last two days, and I just uh, don't go outside. You can see it. You can see it when you walk around. Oh. I think your phone is sending in Whoa. cancer waves. Into the so we've got pollution. We've got cancer waves, and we've got pizza on so its what's, way. What's with people's fear of cell phone radiation? People are like, oh, God, cell phone radiation is going to kill me. And then they use Wi-Fi. And it's like, you're not there really doing the research. There are so many signals and crazy things going in and out of our bodies right now. And yet, there's no proof of ghosts. Um, oh, I think there's I'm proof of ghosts. <laughs> Have you never seen a ghost? I've seen a lot of shit, but I would never be like, that's a ghost. Have you ever seen a woman wearing Victorian clothing that you didn't think should be there? Yeah. That was a ghost. They're always a renaissance fair. They're always in Victorian clothing. We have a guest, someone else that we can ask questions to. We finally brought someone else in to get trashed. Somebody involved, somebody knowledgeable. Somebody way more knowledgeable than us. And somebody that'll watch you and I share headphones. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. This is me, Vitamin D. Vitamin D! Bringing vitamin that D. solar radiation into your body, keeping you alive. How, how are you feeling about your vitamin D levels right now? Uh, pretty low. Pretty okay. low these days. Okay. And, and is that a uh, correlation to anything else that you do during the day? Yeah, well, during the day I spend most of my time in a battery factory, um, cranking out them batteries. A like, battery um, factory? Those are important for the... Uh, excuse me. <laughs> See, it just happens. <laughs> he sneaks one in, or nine, every episode. We're keeping them in. <laughs> a battery factory. That's great. We need those. Yeah? We do. It's time. Tell us what you are working on in this battery factory. Okay, I'm working on a modular swappable battery for electric mobility. That's right, electric vehicles. So this battery can power your electric car, your electric scooter, but you can take it out and swap in a fresh, fully charged one whenever you want. So you don't have to plug it in to charge. That's amazing. So there must be machines that you can swap these out all over town. Yeah, that's all <laughs> over town and all over Taiwan. That's right. I work for a company called Gogoro, and we make a battery swapping system. So we have lots of stations that you can swap your battery at. You have a discharge battery. You don't have any energy left. You can take that battery, 
take it to the station, get a new one, a fully, fully charged one, and then you're on your way. You can drive your vehicle away. You don't have to wait to charge. And I'm just going to guess there's 800 of these stations all over Taiwan and that the batteries get approximately 90 kilometers. How do you know that, Didi? <laughs> it's like you can wow. read my mind. <laughs> the lack of vitamin D on that skin is just letting me read straight through that skull. Tasty pale. I wish you could see me, viewers. <laughs> can see through them, actually. It's, um, it's just some headphones and a microphone. <laughs> full disclosure, I used to work with Daniel at this fantastic company, Gogoro. Um, but it's an important thing, and I think I learned a lot about batteries. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of know about batteries. I know we need them for renewable energy, like solar and wind, because they're intermittent sources. But uh, actually, you know, it's embarrassing, but I didn't really know how a battery worked. I knew there was some electrons going in, banging around, and then they came out later, but... Don't really know the structure. Maybe maybe we go back to how we remember batteries. Okay. Listeners out there, close your eyes and visualize the first time you ever used a battery. I remember mine was a 9-volt battery. It wasn't a potato with two wires coming out of it? It was. Oh, gosh, that would be so neat. <laughs> that was your first <laughs> battery? You made, you made your first battery? Isn't that something everyone has to do when they're in elementary school? Yes, perhaps. I was licking the batteries. Yeah. You like that The acid? one that, the, yeah, putting it on your tongue, you know, mm. the D. It feels, it Is the feels D battery? D. Yeah. Vitamin, vitamin D knows D. about the D. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's a lot of different kinds of D, so maybe we should shut this conversation down. Um, Doors? I had a AM radio that uh, was covered in a teddy bear material, and I would sleep with it, and I would listen to. Teddy bear to, skin? Well, it was like a teddy bear radio. A teddy bear skin. Yeah. <laughs> teddy bear skin. That's great. And uh, it had a nine volt battery, and you know it would start getting crackly when the battery's about to die. I was probably only two or three years old. You have memories from then. <laughs> I got memories from then. Oh, what was your memory from then? I remember my mom changing my diaper. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you just wear diapers really late? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> I needed them. <laughs> Reusable diapers, though. Everyone. Right, right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. With, with like, it was like a potato diaper with two holes <laughs> yeah. sticking out of it. <laughs> How do you describe a battery? A battery is, is, is an electrochemical energy storage device. So we use energy all the time for making things move, heating things up, making lights, right? And normally right now, when it comes to electricity, all of the energy we use today is generated at exactly the same time we use it. And so if you turn on your light in your house, if you flip the light switch, the power plant has to produce just a little bit more energy to power your light. They have to stay constantly in sync with you. And so there's no way that we can, we can put this energy in a tank like you do with your car. When you have a, you have a car, you can store a lot of gasoline in, in a tank and you can use it now or you can use it later. So a battery is a, it's an electrochemical device. So it can store electrical energy and can convert it to a, a chemical energy through a, a chemical reaction. And then when you want the energy back into electricity, you can convert it from that chemical energy back to electrical energy. So back and forth and back and forth. And you have primary batteries, which are like your, 
your childhood teddy bear creepy that's radio. Teddy bear, creepy radio. <laughs> right? Teddy bear skin, I think. That's, is that's called a primary <laughs> battery. A primary battery is a battery that you can't recharge. You, okay. you start with chemical energy and it becomes electrical energy, and then you're done. And then there's called secondary batteries. Secondary batteries are batteries that you can recharge, or rechargeable batteries. And you can take the electrical energy, make it into chemical energy, back to electrical, back to chemical, as many times as you want. Yeah. So, ooh. Welcome. Wow. <laughs> now you're one of us. Vitamin D, you're part of the crew. That was a pretty clear explanation. What are the batteries made of? Lead acid, lithium ion, teddy bear skin? Yeah. Well, there's actually there's a there's a whole lot of them, but basically in our daily lives there are there are about three kinds. There they're the the Duracell teddy bear batteries, those are alkaline batteries, you can only use them once. There are NiCADs or nickel cadmium. And you probably remember them from your childhood if you're not too young. They look like your Duracell batteries but you can recharge them. You use them on your camera or something like that. Maybe some flashlight or something. You yeah. can, you, and, and when you were a kid, you remember you had to charge it up all the way and then you had to let it discharge all the way and then yeah. you weren't supposed to do anything in between. And if you left it in the charger too long, maybe it would get messed up or something. Those are the NICADs. A lot of rules. Yeah, there are a lot of rules. A lot of battery those anxiety. Those ones are basically <laughs> gone now because those are incredibly toxic. Oh. oh. They will mess up your Where brain. Where are they living right now? Uh, <laughs> I I hope I hope far away from us. There was they were recycled. Yes, properly. Yeah, I I should hope so. And so those basically don't exist anymore. But those are the first batteries that were kind of rechargeable that people started to use in their in their in their kind of home devices. Then of course you have lead acid batteries. Lead acid batteries are also incredibly toxic, but people have figured out how to keep them in a sealed container that can kind of last forever. So a lead-acid battery is like the, car, the battery in your car. It's this kind of big, boxy, super heavy battery because lead is super heavy. And the thing about lead-acid batteries is they're very hardy. You know, you can use them when it's negative 40 degrees out. You can use them when it's positive 40 degrees out. You can over, overcharge them. You can over-discharge them. They are, you just, you just plug them in and they just work. You've ever jumped a car before? Your car wouldn't start? You had to jump a car? You have to take the, the jumper cables and put them on the terminals of the battery? That's a lead-acid battery. Okay. Yeah. No car, no problem. Okay, so we got that. We got your lead-acid battery. Those have been around for like 100 years. You just use them in your car. They just work. They got the NICAD, super toxic. We don't have them anymore. It's nickel metal hydride which is a battery that basically replaced the NICAD, still maybe you find in like your, your battery-powered Bluetooth keyboard or your camera. And then there's a lithium-ion battery. Lithium-ion, oh, yeah. This is, lithium-ion. This, is, <laughs> this, is, this is the battery that powers all of our consumer electronics, your iPad, your iPhone, your MacBook. You know. God bless it. Ugh. And now it powers your electric vehicle, your Tesla, your, your, new, your electric BMW, your Volvo, your Dyson, Dyson electric car, what have you. Your Lime bike, your... All the stuff you All drive. the stuff. And the thing about lithium-ion batteries is they're really great. You know, all these old batteries had a lot of problems. Lead-acid batteries, super toxic, super heavy. Like nickel-cadmium, super toxic. Not so heavy, but even more toxic. I'm seeing a trend. Yeah, right? <laughs> nickel metal hydride's okay, but 
none of these could actually store that much energy. And they have all these rules, right, about how you have to charge them up really fast to a certain point. You don't want to charge them too much. You only want to charge them at the right time. And then lithium ion is this new technology that it just works. You can just, you can, you can charge it whenever you want. You can, and it, and it lasts a long time and it's super light. If you look at the periodic table of elements, you, maybe you can remember lithium is way up in the top left corner. It's really weight up at the top. So it's atomic weight is very low. That's why people want to use lithium to make a battery. So it will be light. The one problem with lithium ion batteries though, is that they're much, much more sensitive. Hmm. So you have to be really careful about how you charge them and how you discharge them and stuff like that. Talk to us about that. What, what do you mean by sensitive? Sensitive. Like emotionally sensitive or? <laughs> no, like uh, chemically unstable. Like Ooh. we're talking about blowing up. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to scare people on the show because lithium-ion batteries are very important to our future. But lithium-ion batteries are, are 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 different in that if you take them out of a very small voltage and temperature range, they can become unstable. They can catch on fire. They can produce a lot of heat, and so they're much more tricky to integrate into devices. And so that's why you see things like Tesla car fire or like lot you know laptop battery fire or something like that. So it, there's a lot more technical engineering that goes into making a lithium ion battery to make sure it's nice and stable and safe. And I know at GoGrow we had a certification that allowed for us to fly with these batteries, which I think was interesting for me to know because I didn't realize you couldn't fly with all these batteries. In fact, it actually does confuse me when you go through security um, they don't want you to check your portable battery. They want you to keep it on your person. Like, what makes these batteries so dangerous and sensitive? So the idea is there have been a lot of battery fires out there. And they are generally caused by extremely rare manufacturing defects. I remember after Samsung had these, you know, the, was it, I actually don't remember, the Galaxy Note whatever, there were so many like snarky articles online about Samsung dropped the bomb on their new cell phone, you know, right? It, th these, these kinds of fires can haunt companies and their brands for a long time. And you know, I'm sure airlines more than any, right, want to really be safe. But these are generally very, very rare manufacturing defects that happen in maybe like one per billion battery cells, or one per billion phones, for example. And um, this manufacturing defect could cause the battery to spontaneously catch on fire. But planes carry millions of people, right, every month. And so eventually the numbers, they're worried the numbers will catch up with them. Okay. And one battery in the cargo holds could catch on fire and it could spread and it could, it could, it could, it could, it could cause a safety problem. The reason they, they don't want it in the cargo hold is because it's not e as easy to control. If a battery catches on fire in, on, in your pocket on the plane, you'll be like, wow, this battery's on fire. You know, help, right? And the someone human will, alarm. Will, will, yeah, someone will dump some coffee on it or something like that. Unless you're really into the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, watching it on I didn't, the plane. Oh, okay. I was like, what did that, how does that relate to coffee? Did Hulk really like coffee? <laughs> So that, that's, 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 what, that's what they're doing. But, you know, I, I really, I, I hate to, to start off talking about this safety issue because this is really a one in a billion event. And for any of us, it's, it's like getting struck by lightning.
Right, now that you've thoroughly terrified us about batteries, let's talk about it a little bit more. So can we use these lithium-ion batteries for grid-level storage of renewable energy, or are they going to blow up? Okay, we can, uh, and I'm not concerned about them blowing up. There's a lot of ways we can keep batteries safe. But there is a problem, and it's that lithium-ion batteries today are still really expensive. Mm. And for things like your car, your computer, they're okay. They can last for 10 years or something. But if you really want to store a lot of energy, you know, to be able to, say, store energy for a week when it's cloudy and rainy in Taiwan winter, so that, you know, and there's no sun to power your solar panels, it's going to take a lot of lithium-ion batteries. And we're not even close to having enough factories to build all those batteries. So there's a lot of other technologies that can come in here to also contribute other ways to store energy. Some of them are also batteries. Some of them are not even chemical systems. So one way that we store energy today for the grid is we will take water, like at the Hoover Dam, for example, we'll take a body of water and we'll pump the water down to, up to a higher level and then we'll let it run down through a generator. And we'll pump it up to a higher level when we want to store the energy. And then when we want to use the energy, we let it run down through a generator. And this is actually one of the most effective ways to store energy on a large scale. It's, really, it's a lot cheaper to implement per, per unit of energy stored. So you're, th- you're saying we should change our framing about batteries. We shouldn't be so literal for renewable energy storage. Well, I think it's kind of, it's an all, all hands on deck kind of, kind of approach. There's a lot of different reasons we need to store energy for the grid. And when people think about, oh, we need to store energy for the grid, people usually kind of talk about this sort of, oh, well, sometimes the sun is shining, sometimes it's not. And that is true, but there's also shorter and longer time scales that we need to store energy for. So for example, there's usually a difference between how much energy people need in the summer versus the winter, depending Mm. on the location and what kinds of energy sources are being used. And so there are some power plants that will only run seasonally in the summer or winter. And if instead we could just store energy for a season and then then, and then be able to you know, build it up over a certain season, then use it in another season, we wouldn't need those power plants. Or sometimes there's just once a year, there's power plants that might only turn on once a year or just twice a year when demand is particularly high, unusually high. And if we could... St- Air conditioning days <laughs> in the summer. You know, and, and those power plants are not paid by how much energy they generate. They're powered, I mean, sorry, they're paid to just be there on standby, ready to go in case they're needed. Sounds like my job. (laughs) That is not a bad job. So uh, there's a lot of ways that energy storage could help us out here, but you can imagine lithium ion batteries are generally good for applications that are like your car, your computer. You're gonna charge it once a day, you're gonna discharge it once a day. You need to take it around with you, you need it to be super light. But if you wanna store a really lot of energy on maybe a day-to-day basis. Maybe you want to store it in a, in, a, in, in a body of water. Or what if you want to store it in a season? Or if, what if you, you, you only need to use it just once in a while? There's a lot of different kinds of technologies for different kinds of applications. So in, uh, other examples are there are batteries called flow batteries, which are instead of being like a battery you know, 
the one you're going to put inside your teddy bear, or your camera, or your laptop, and it's small and you can hold it in your hand. This is a battery that looks more like some kind of crazy chemical system. You have lots of pumps that are moving large quantities of chemicals to and from different tanks in order to store electricity. And this can store a lot more energy uh, per, per dollar or per, per unit cost, but they're not the kind of thing that you can carry in your pocket. I was going to say, how big is a flow battery? Uh, well, it, I, you, you can scale up or down, but it's not something that you carry around with you. Is it something you have a whole room for? Or, or a whole factory for. Or a whole factory. So it's like bigger a whole, than a bread a whole box. warehouse. Okay. It's bigger than a bigger. bread box for okay. sure. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, there's all kinds of different technologies out there. So there are different batteries for different things. And lithium ion definitely can be used to store some like grid energy, but... That, that one by itself maybe is not, it's not going to serve to store all of our energy. There are some other ones like compressed air. You can take air and squeeze it so it's super, super high pressure and then use that pressure to power some generator. And then when you want to store the energy, you squeeze it back into high pressure air. So, yeah. Well, and talk about batteries at this point in history. You mentioned that it's too expensive mm -hmm. to store energy. You mentioned that there's not enough factories available to create enough batteries to store the renewable energy. Where are we in this point in time? Like, what's coming down the pipeline in terms of technology for batteries? Um, well, so that's a good question. This is the question everyone wants to know the answer to. And the answer, more or less, is... Right now, batteries are still kind of too expensive for our cars. And for beyond that, for grid and other applications, they're even, even more too expensive. Right now, all of the scale-up and, 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 and lithium-ion battery production is almost entirely devoted to electric vehicles because this seems like the next place people can make money by selling batteries. For things like grid storage, it's very hard for people to, to make money because the alternative large-scale energy generation systems are still too cheap. And so everyone's... Just it, I just let it out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fight through the burps. <laughs> it's part of getting trashed. It's methane. So what's going on right now? People are, are, are working relentlessly, and this is the reason that, that, that I'm so pasty pale, is, is I'm also working relentlessly to try to bring down the cost of batteries so that... They can be competitive with, uh, you know, traditional traditional fossil fuel sources, and people are talking about, well, what about other technologies that can replace lithium-ion batteries? And there are, you will see on the internet all the time on on, and on various news sources these articles that will say, ooh, you know, Professor XYZ has invented a miraculous battery that, well, you know, you can, if you use it in your, your smartphone, you could charge your f smartphone in 60 seconds and it will last, you know, your whole life or something. And they are real batteries, but they are created one-off in a laboratory. And it is insanely hard to get these to be manufactured on a scale of millions or billions at scale and at cost. And so, as lithium ion becomes a more kind of like dominant technology and people are using it in cars and scooters as well as laptops, it kind of grows this sort of staying power. We've already invested so much in all the, all the technology to produce this at scale that it will be very hard for another competing technology to come along and replace it.
Thanks, Vitamin D, for coming on the show. This has been so informative. It's so informative. You have so much content. We're going to have to split this into two episodes. Two episodes with Vitamin D? Wow. Yeah, so stay tuned for the next episode of Getting Trashed when we have Vitamin D explain a little bit more about... How do you describe a battery? Well, that's all for this episode. I'm Dirty Deeds. And I'm Nature Nate. And I'm Vitamin D. And, and we're, we're getting, getting trashed. Nature Nate, he knows the most fate. As the men he'll say, it's not great. Dirty Deeds done gone left to one. Getting trashed and you know this song. Here comes the battery with Vitamin D. <laughs>